0: test, test, test. Now I've got a British accent because I've been listening to Harry for two whole weeks. So I'm testing. Hopefully this is going to work. been having technical issues for a couple of weeks now. I think I've fixed the glitches. So hopefully it works. Welcome to an episode of Unsalted where like my little intro testing testing is super loud and this episode is super long. Enjoy. Okay, I'm back. Another episode of Unsalted. I did the test and I'm going to add it to the episode and it's loud. I recognize that. I'll let forewarn people in the intro that it's loud <laughs> I heard it back. But I really like it, so I'm just going to keep it. Okay, so I've been gone for two weeks, haven't recorded an episode, and I wanted to. But there's been a lot going on, and so I'll get into that in a minute. So one of the things going on is, I don't know if you pay attention to the news, but the COVID numbers from China, basically the World Health Organization, the WHO, we they're basically telling China, yo, the math is not mathing as the kids say nowadays. What actually are your COVID numbers? And I feel this is a replay of late 2019 and early 2020. Like China's acting real, real sus right now. As the kids say, sus equaling suspect to you guys. Some like the, I don't know what the kids say is one of the, the vernacular of the, of the day. So yeah. So, They're seeing super sus right now. And so I've been living a free life. I have to admit this. In the fall, I was paranoid about getting the flu. So I was wearing a mask everywhere. And as I went through the first wave of the flu season, which is usually late October, November, early December, and I didn't catch nothing. I feel that I am some sort of super, I have a superpower, I guess, and um, stopped wearing masks. This is my life now. Only in certain settings, I wear a mask for my job. I, when I visit families, I'm wearing a mask. That's the thing. But in other parts of my life, like going to the mall, going to grocery stores, whatever, I'm not wearing a mask. But now I'm hearing the fact that the WHO, yet again, is this is what they were doing in late 20, in 2019. They were just like, China, what are the numbers? And China's like, don't worry. It's fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, like when you're a kid and you do something and you're just like, your mom's like, what happened? And like, it's okay. It's fine. I feel like that's what China's doing right now. And I'm very concerned about it. I am. Maybe I'm being like hysterical, as I often am. I'm hysterical about a lot of things. Um, I don't know, but it just seems sus. And you know who else is sus? This is a great segue. Harry uh, Mountbatten who is actually Prince Harry, but he's now known as Harry Mountbatten because he has no titles. So, but listen to the damn book, okay? Refused to read it. I didn't want to read it, and I'll tell you why. I didn't want to read it because I wanted to hear the words come out from his mouth. I wanted to hear like the inflections. I wanted to hear the anger or the venom behind some of the things that he's saying. I wanted to hear the whining, the whining. I'm going to really stress on that. The whining. I wanted to hear it. And so that's why I said to myself, Nandy, you're going to get audible. That's what you're going to do you're going to, I've been thinking about getting audible for, for some time. And similar, I think I've talked about this before. Um, I try to manifest people telepathically knowing what I need and want, for example, an electric toothbrush. I still haven't gotten one. My telepathic skills do not work. So that's a superpower. I clearly do not have, um, somebody would have gotten me audible, but they didn't. It's fine. It's okay. I got it for myself. And so I thought I'd be scamming audible and taking it for the one month free and then dropping it after I finished listening to the book. But what I've realized is that Audible is quite delightful. I enjoy listening to things. I listen to other podcasts. Um, and so I'm, and I always love listening to audiobooks. So now I'm in Audible is a thing in my life. That's it. Fine. Great. So i got the damn book now and I listen almost every single day because why not? because the man gives you just gold, 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 gold. Um, he basically talks about, I've not even done the book and it's been two weeks and I listen about an hour a day. The book is 15 hours. Now, most books, I mean, it's an autobiography. So in fairness, I mean, he starts from truly starts from the very beginning and now I'm into the Megan part of his life. Um, most books are six hours, give or take, but an autobiography, I guess, is a little bit longer. Okay, fine. I digress. So he starts from the beginning of his life and he kind of starts about the time when he gets told his mother has passed away. And um, and it just goes through his life, like through um, living through that horrible tragedy, how the tra- press treated them before when his mother was alive, because we're getting a bit more into that now that he's in therapy and bringing, recalling some of those memories um, his time in school, how William treated him, how his father treated him, his relationship with his gangan, who was the queen mother, his relationship with Queen Elizabeth, who was his grandmother, um, his relationships, relationships, um, dating and otherwise how he loses, how he loses virginity. Um, he has a three book deal and I've, I remember saying this to one of my friends and they were just like, how the hell does he have a three book deal? When in this book, he is truly talking about everything. And here's what I've come to. Now I'm going to get into aspects of the book that um bother me or that I liked in a minute, but I'm realizing now, cause I also read an article earlier today about what is happening actively with the Royal family. It's a very smart business move to do a three book deal. Um, what you learn about Harry is that he uses a lot of substances to deal with his stuff. And so he drinks a lot. He uses drugs a lot. Now, is it an addiction? I wouldn't call it that from what he describes to me, but I can see the next book being about him kicking his, um, drug use, his alcohol use, um, his trauma, working through his trauma with his therapist. That'll be the next book. Um, so that's book number two. And the third book is going to be the Reconciliation. So what I read today is that um, they're working on a reconciliation. There's going to be some sort of peace summit. That's what they would like. The Royals, um, the current Royals, not the Monte Monte Cristo Royals or Montecito Royals. That's where they live in Montecito, California. So the England Royals, the United Kingdom Royals, are working on a peace summit because they would like for them to be a part of the coronation, which we now know is going to be happening the beginning of May. Um, Close sources to the royal family are just kind of like, yeah, like Harry sees things the way that he sees things. And listen, memory is a funny thing. And apparently um, Harry's ghostwriter has also said that, like, memory is a funny thing. It's like how you perceive that memory because people are really poking holes through this Swiss cheese of a book already as it is regarding facts, like true facts, dates, times, facts, which I will get into in a second. Um, and that, that's how he recalls it. And he's entitled to do that. I'm never going to take that away from anybody. How they remember something is how they remember something. Um, but they want to work through some of that type of stuff and um, hopefully have some sort of reconciliation um, for the state of the monarchy, for the state of England, um, and that they can move on with their lives and continue on doing what the royals do. Nonetheless, will that happen? I think so. I think it will. And I think that that will be the third book. They'll be talking about the reconciliation, because I do not know what else this boy could talk about. He It is three volumes within the book. So we talk about his early life, then we talk about his midlife, whatever that is, because he's only 40, 38, I don't even freaking know how old he is. And now I'm in the third part of his life, which is his Megan chapter. So we start off at the beginning talking about the death of his mother, tragic, awful, horrible, making his way through that, um, his father coping with that. So I'm going to talk about that. And even it blends into other later parts of the book. He tells some tells about his dad, right? For example, Did we know that Prince Charles does headstands every day to deal with his very poor back posture and the pain that he experiences? No, nobody knew. Now we knew thanks to Harry. He tells the story of like his dad always does headstands every day behind the door. And, you know, um, when you push the door to the bedroom in one of the castles or whatever, um, you will hear him saying, no, 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 because he's doing a headstand behind the door. So we find out that little tell. My biggest takeaway from that is the fact that I always thought Charles to be this very distant parent, which he is in many aspects. But yet again, I think that any father of that era was as well too. Like they weren't very involved in the lives of children. I know my father was like, my dad was a part of barbecuing and birthday parties and Christmases and stuff like that. But the day to day, I just knew him as a guy who came home and had rice and chicken at the table. And if I didn't listen to my mother, shit got fucking serious. So my dad got involved and he would take me to visit my aunts on weekends. And I would play with my cousins. Like that's my understanding of my dad. So not heavily involved, like how fathers are involved now in more day to dayness of children's lives and asking them how they're doing. Charles has this beautiful pet name, I think for Harry, which is my darling boy. And as an adult, he still calls him my darling boy. Um, I was surprised to hear that because it sounds very sweet. And so whenever things get tough or there's something that they're dealing with, Charles, this is what Harry says in the book where his dad's like, no, 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 my darling boy, it's not like this. Or yes, my darling boy, Um, how he would write notes to him and leave them on his bed at night about how proud he was about something he did that day. Harry, of course, wanted more. He wished his father would have had that conversation with him, which I, Think is a fair wish to have, but he sounds salty about it. That's the thing. And yeah, sounds salty about it, but have an understanding of the fact that your dad is not that person. A lot of dads are not that type of person. And that's okay. Your dad showed you affection. I I think a lot of us would wish that our dad wrote us notes, letting us know how proud they were of us. Like, I don't think I have any correspondence of that. Even like, I I just don't, I don't think I do. I don't think a lot of people do. So there's that. And I just kind of feel like Harry in his life and in his growing up has been so shielded from the world. And now he's seen the world and his eyes are so big and fat from so much, but he has no self-awareness. In terms of this, some of these things are normal. For example, um, when he arrives at Eton, which is a high school, um, William has already been there. William tells tells him, "Yo, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me." That's a, and he sounds upset that William did that because I guess he felt that they have this bond, right? They're they're it's only the two of them. Their mom is gone now, but. William was still a teenager and he'd already made his way through Eton. And he's just like, now this little prick is going to come here and I got to take care of him. I don't want to do that. I want to continue doing what I want to do. And so it's very common for siblings to tell their younger sibling when they arrive at high school, don't talk to me. I don't know you. And that's fine. Like, Be salty about it. But how are you still salty about it when you're 38 years old? You were 14 at the time, like double the time. So he's salty about so many things. And, you know, I'm at the part where he's getting married to Meg and um, Harry kind of tells him, I can't be around for a lot of things because I'm busy with the kids. I got two kids. I'm busy. And he's like, but I was there for you when you got married and I did this when you got married and kind of has these mini tantrums. And it's just like the book is full of a lot of him whining whining about his relationships with people and that he has to ask permission for this and ask permission for that. Well, sorry, Harry, you guys have created this thing where you are ordained by God to rule empires. And in the ruling of the empires, you have to ask the head of the empire to do certain things like to have a beard or to wear whatever outfit you want to wear at your wedding. That's what comes with this notion that you guys are ordained by God. You have to to ask the closest person to God if you can do certain things. This is how this is what it is. And so you've decided to leave. And that's great. And and maybe carry on with your life because I think it's better for you that you have left. Now, that being said, I feel that Harry was going to leave anyways. So I moved away from blaming Meg for that. I can own it. Harry was going to leave anyways. Cause as you make your way through the book and you hear about his struggles with the monarchy. Now, I use that term loosely. His struggles with the institution. It's not that he has trouble with the colonialism. He has trouble with the rules of the monarchy because they impact the things that he wants to do. For example, be in the army, go into battle, do those things. That's what he doesn't like. Now that he's with Megan, and the narrative of the day, quite frankly, I'm going to be very honest, is the monarchy is bad because of colonialism. He's taken that on because that fits. I feel like that's what Harry does. He does what fits for himself. So that's fitting right now is to say, yeah, the monarchy is horrible and racist and colonialism is bad. But what we don't realize and what he talks about in the book, which connects back to the monarch monarchy is when they were going through their troubles and wanting to change their roles or whatever. They were actually wanting to be the governor generals for the Bermuda, which is a colony. So they would be the, Um, equivalent of the queen for that colony, which would have been Bermuda. So you didn't hate the monarchy that much. And don't get me wrong. I mean, people go through their journeys and understandings of things. And so he's in a different place now. And maybe he embraces that more. But I think part of it is a little bit convenient. Anyways, I get back to the book and my likes and dislikes he spends a lot of time talking about his struggles with finding his path in life. Right. And he owns the fact that he's not a very smart person. He's not a book worthy person. And so, um, it's, he struggled with that, which I think is a really um, nice thing to hear for people who do have those struggles. I mean, I think all of us have those in life. Um, I know I did where I was just like, what the hell am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so you kind of make your way. I mean, I made my way from volunteering when I was done some parts of my university and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And it's nice to hear that someone who we perceive to have their path in life set for them, having those struggles where he's just like, I didn't want to go to university. I didn't know what else next to do. So he went into the army and he struggled with that. And he got support from his dad with that. And he went to the army and it seems to be his happy place. His happy place is the army, but he got cut down a little bit because he wasn't allowed to do certain things because he's a royal. And he's a target. I mean, listen, this is real life stuff. I mean, if you watch Game of Thrones, that's real life. Like, if you're a part of the royal family, like, you're a serious target. So why would it be any different? I think the struggle that we are all struggling with watching the royals, whether it be the Monte Cristo or Montecito rolls. Why do I keep on saying Monte Cristo? I think it's because I want a Monte Cristo sandwich. Hmm need to get on that sidebar, um, <laughs> um, is the modernization of royalty. That is like what we're struggling with, right? Like back in the day, Harry, when we see the stuff, like how they're arguing about, like, don't talk to me, talk to me, don't, you're coming when you're not, they would have had a duel or a jousting. Thing and somebody would have been dead and it would have been moved on because you have smeared dishonor on my house by not attending my pre wedding party. Like that's easy, but instead they're fighting and they're fighting now publicly, and I feel that you know. Harry is using um, the the sword of shame and embarrassment on his brother and on his family instead of actually having a full on war like they should be doing. And then somebody will be dead and then everybody moves on. And then they'll talk about it for the ages, as they say in um, Game of Thrones. And then somebody will be vying for the next spot. Like in reality, Queen Elizabeth should not have lived as long as she should have lived. Charles should have poisoned her. So that he could have the job. Because he shouldn't wait for 70 some odd years to get the freaking job. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's just put it out there. Actually, you're not supposed to say call a spade a spade. There's a reason for that. But I'm not going to talk about that today. I'll talk about that maybe next week. Moving on. So I really like that about the book. I like the glimpses you see into his relationship with his dad. I thought were very sweet. And other people in his life, his relationship with his grandmother, his relationship with his great grandmother. Very, very, very sweet. Um, Interesting. He talks a lot about Chelsea, the South African girlfriend, and about Cressida. Like, Cressida not as much as he does Chelsea. It's to the point where I'm just like, you know, your current wife is going to hear this why are you talking this much about a girl that you dated? I honestly feel this one was the true love, first love, true love of his life, but she wasn't down for the life. And so she, he was just like, this is not working. And both of them agreed as mutual that it wasn't working. But I feel like he talked about her for like four or five chapters. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, now I'm into him and, and Megan and the wedding day and the lead up to the wedding day. And, Kate making uh Megan cry well sister-in-laws make each other cry it happens I have many friends who are married and there's drama in families and so people cry I'm not too sure why we need to hear about that but and crying about nonsense about dresses it happens it truly happens And it sounds like Kate came back and apologized. I just love the fact that the narrative that's being put out there is that, you know, people made it seem that Meg made Kate cry. But, well, this is where I'm at in the book. But really, it was Kate that made Meg cry. But Meg apologized and she came back and he even mentions in the book that she seems truly sorry for making her future sister-in-law cry. I just feel that the timing of him meeting Meg was he was desperate, desperate to be married and to be with someone and he talks about that about his yearning his wanting to be married the fact that when you know William was getting married which he kind of pokes a date by not calling him William Will or Bill he calls him Willie apparently everybody calls him Willie which I find very strange and weird like a grown-ass man being called Willie there's so many other nicknames that you can pick for that whatever anyways um being surprised that it was William that got married before him Because I think he thought he was going to marry Chelsea. But moving on, it's because he's the one who always wanted to be married and to be a young father. He didn't want to be his father's age when he got married and had children. This is something that he wanted. He attends the wedding and just thinks, oh, I want it. I want it so bad. I want to be married. He attends another friend's wedding. He's like, you know, everybody's getting married and I want it. I want it so bad. And walks Meg. And it just instantly kicks off. And it just is great just feels to me because they have this long distance relationship when they first meet there's a lot of texting that's happening he drops his phone in water he's freaking out put it in rice but he's like i gotta contact god i gotta 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 contact and the theme where i'm at right now in terms of their communication style it seems desperate it seems like if i don't talk to you for a day it is literally the end of the world which suggests to me some sort of insecure attachment that's what it suggests to me. Um, where it's just like, if I don't talk to you, if I don't speak to you 15 times a day, if I don't have, then the relationship is over. Then you don't think that I care about you. He tells a story about how he had to go somewhere, some royal engagement. And, um, He wanted it to hurry up so he could get to his phone because he knew the Wi-Fi was dodgy. He needed to message Megan. About what? It didn't seem urgent, whatever he was talking about. And and he doesn't get to it in time. And so he's forced to kind of stand up and make and rig and jig himself to get one bar of Wi-Fi so he could message her. Or I go back to the time when he drops the phone in the water. He's like, what the hell am I going to do? And him and his friends are trying to problem solve. Well, what are they going to do? He literally just met that woman like the week before. And what are they going to do? So he writes a letter. It's taken a picture of it. It's sent to another person who then messages Meg with the letter. Like, it seems like a lot for someone you just met. And he plays it up as this being this clandestine meeting. It's serendipitous is his actual word, meeting Meg. It sounds desperate because why do you have to work this hard? I get when they start getting into the meat and potatoes of the relationship where they're just like distance can't be a thing We've I've done long distance before you've done long distance before we need to spend more time together I get that where they said no two weeks will go by where we wouldn't see each other I get that but what is this desperateness to be in constant chronic communication either you're in you're in or you're not you're not like if I don't talk to you for a day you know what I'm talking about someone I'm not married so never mind moving on. So the particulars about how they met, I just had to check myself. Um, when they first did their BBC interview, they said that they met through mutual friend. It was a blind date. Now we're hearing in the book that he saw a friend's Instagram was like, yo, who's that? And exchanged information and started texting from that. There's some people out there who talk about the fact that um, they actually met through Eugene, Eugenie. And that um, the dirt was coming down the pike about Andrew and uh, one Jeffrey Epstein and Galen Maxwell, so they don't want to talk about that because then it links them in them being buddy buddy with Prince Andrew, and the thing about it is that Harry gives you so many tells in this book where I'm at in the book where he talks about the fact that Eugenie is a part of Eugenie and Jack, which is another cousin. Um, but mainly Eugenie is a part of a lot of their meetings with Meg and hanging out and spending time and doing all this type of stuff. So, uh, rumor has it that Eugenie and, um, Meg were kind of friendly. They knew each other. So they, she knew Prince Andrew, they knew Prince Andrew and part of the book, uh, they talk about, or they, cause I think it's both of them, um, you know, this very, um, haphazard meeting first meeting of meg with the queen like they were going to meet fergie he wanted her to meet fergie for the first time everybody knows fergie and andrew are still buddies they're still friends i mean very amicable friendship that they have um post divorce and um they find oh the queen's there like y'all didn't know fergie where fergie lives is very close to the church that the queen goes to every weekend even i know that and i'm a freaking commoner who lives across the pond. Fine. And it's, oh my God, the queen's there. Okay, well, we'll make this happen. And Andrew's there as well too. And Meg ends up saying to um, Harry at the end of it, oh, your 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 mom's uh, butler is so friendly with her. That was He was holding her purse. And he's like, ha that was my Prince Andrew. She knew who Andrew was. Just stop the nonsense. Stop the nonsense. It's because you guys are trying to distance yourself because Andrew is like a person non grata, is what we people say. Is that the thing? non grata, non gratis. Anyways, I'm mindful of the fact of how long this is because I can talk on and on and on and on and on. Maybe I'll do another one. I'm going to follow up on this because I'm I'm happy when I'm just doing 20 minutes and now I'm gone to 24 minutes. Anyways, I say all that to say this. I think they need to go away for a little while, but they're not. I wish that they took the route of other royals where they just kept things on the low and, you know, she brought back um, her um, lifestyle brand, maybe did that. Harry did help self, self-help self stuff, did some talks, and just on the low. However, I feel that they're taking the Kardashian way of dealing with um, celebrity and making coin. Let's not mince words about it. It's truly about making coin. Um, I have a friend of mine who basically said that... They don't want to do that because they want to be A-listers. If you do do what I'm suggesting, then you're not an A-lister. You're just like a C-lister, a D-lister, but they want to be A-listers. So that's why we're hearing about the dirt and the filth of it all. We're hearing about where I'm at in the book where Charles is just like, I don't have enough money to manage you being married to uh, Meg because... He's the head of that household. They get their allotment of money. He's got to dole stuff out, and he's just like, I've got to dole out money. And your brother keeps on having children, and he's actually the next person. So, like, it's about money, right? He's talking about how when he receives his inheritance from his mother's estate, and how he's living, and the fact that he lives in, in his dad's house, and it's like, well, you're living your dad's house, but it's a castle. And I get it might be dreary and all, but still, it's a castle. Like, what the hell? I was living at my mom's house in my bedroom. Like, it's okay. It's not shameful. It is what it is, Harry. Anyways, so that I that's what I say. Like, that's my, my bottom line. So we will see if the peace talks happens in the next little while. Are they going to be attending a coronation? I wish that they would. I also read today. You know how she was in that interview? Because there's so many discrepancies. The Oprah interview saying how her children don't have titles. They do. They automatically get a title. They are. They're, um, um... I think they're Prince and Princess or, um, Mr. and Miss, Mistress. They have a title. Nonetheless, I'm getting it all wrong because I'm all kerfuffled because I'm like, ah, 26 minutes. But anyways, they have titles. They, and they still, and the joke of it all is that they have kept their title. They are no longer Royals, but they've kept their title. They are still the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. They are still, sorry, of Windsor. No, of Sussex. They're still the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. They've kept their title. And every time they get asked why not give back the title? Harry's response was to Anderson Cooper, what difference would it make? Oh, it'd make a heck of a lot of difference because you wouldn't be able to use that because that title gives you a lot of privileges, Harry. That's what that means. Sorry, you got to pay for your own security, but guess what? You also have the title. So anyways, I can go on and on and on, but I'm done now. Enjoy. Have a great week. Take care.